Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. So this episode today, I'm uh, 50% excited about, 50% horrified about, because it's going to be something totally different. Uh, I planned on doing it earlier in the year, but I last week I had stuff I wanted to talk about, so that kind of took priority. So let me just give a little explanation before we get into it. The impetus for this podcast was essentially I get a lot of questions asking me things like, what is your most beautiful tarantula? What is your most visible, your largest, your heavy Weber, your slowest growing? And a lot of these I have discussed before. I've done like lists where I've gone through and talked about them. But sometimes it changes through the course of the year. Sometimes you just look back at the year and go, wow, there were some surprises to this year. This one ended up being very beautiful. Wow, this one really took the lead as far as growth. So I was trying to think of an entertaining way to cover a lot of these questions all at once. And I got the idea after, you know, New Year's came around, and they have the best of, so they have the best heavy metal albums of the year, the best movies of the year, all of that good stuff, you know, the awards ceremonies, I decided it would be fun to kind of do the first annual Tom's Big Spiders Spider Awards. And that's, yeah, I know, not the most <laughs> ingenious name for it, but it was something I was batting around, and it's essentially how do I try to creatively and in a fun way address all of these little questions that I get during the course of the year year that I've either covered before or don't warrant an entire podcast topic. So I first it was like, this is going to be so different for me. No way, I'm not doing it. So I kind of set it aside. It was originally supposed to be the first one of the new year. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, this could be a lot of fun. But again, when anytime you try something different, I you worry about it. You're like, is this too cringe? Is it too corny? And then, you know, I said, the heck with it. This is a fun way. As I started putting the list together, I was having fun doing it. So I'm hoping that the fun will be contagious. You all out there listening will have fun, and I will ask you at the end of the, well, I'm asking you now, but I would like to hear other people's lists, so maybe in the description I will put the names of the awards and people can go and just tell me what what were some of yours. It doesn't have to be every single one of them. Some of these you will see are meant to be kind of amusing. Some of them are legit. Some of them I surprised myself because I tried to play it straight. I wasn't trying to make one of those lists where it's like, oh my gosh, that's so shocking. How do you do that? Just to get people to kind of talk about it. These are my legitimate picks. So some of them are fun. Some of them are meant to legitimately answer questions. And hopefully in the end, it'll be just a fun way to kind of revisit last year, 2022. And all in all, it was a good year in the tarantula room. You know, we had a few losses. We'll get to that in a bit. Some surprises. So Without further ado, this is the first annual TBS Spider Awards. We'll see if it becomes an annual tradition, because if the response isn't good, obviously we won't do it again next year, but I have a funny feeling people will have some fun with this one. So the first one we're giving out today is the Tiny Diamond Award to the Most Gorgeous Sling. Now, as much as we love our slings, it's a well-known fact that many of them look the same when they're smaller. A lot of the New World species, the beginner species, are just little brown slings with little black mirror patches on their butts. But there are some standouts, and I have had some standouts this year. So the first one would be Chromatopelma cyaneopubicens, or the world-famous GBB. I picked up a sling at a show very recently, and this is the first one I've raised up from a sling in like 10 or 11 years. So really cool to kind of reminisce about how gorgeous they are as little slings. Just amazing patterns, and it's one of those spiders that each stage of its growth just brings new beauty. Next one on the list would be Ephibopus murinus, or the skeleton tarantula. It doesn't take long for these guys to start putting on some awesome colors. They start off as beautifully colored slings, and then as they get larger and start marching towards that juvenile stage, they start getting the stripes. They have those little green metallic booties that just look amazing. Just awesome slings overall, and there's going to be a trend coming up here in a minute because the next one is a Phoebopus udaman, or the emerald skeleton tarantula. Again, bright green on them, almost an orangey reddish legs, just really cool looking slings overall. A huge surprise as far as, you know, this is a, a genus I have not paid a lot of attention to, and that's totally on me. But luckily, Aaron Cashel sent me a bunch of these in June of last year and consider me a fan now because I'm absolutely loving them. Again, sort of like the GBB, and this goes for all of the ones in this genus. As they march on toward adulthood, they go through a myriad of color changes, and they're all quite beautiful. The next one up is a Phoebopus cyanignathus, or the blue-fanged, I believe it is, tarantula. 
These guys, little slings, gorgeous. Those blue Clarissa glow even at the tiny sling age. I look at my slings. They have those reddish colored overall tone to their legs. And if you shine a light in there, you can see that metallic bright blue on the Clarissa. Just amazing looking spiders. And then the last one on the list is the Ephibopus rufusins or the red skeleton tarantula. Again, gorgeous little slings. Same types of traits. And just ones that I've been watching them grow up. I catch glimpses of them here or there and just been dazzled with the way they look. So for the winner for the Tiny Diamond Award to Most Gorgeous Sling, I am going to have, this was a struggle for me, honestly, but I am going to go with Ephibopus rufusins or the Red Skeleton Tarantula. Billy just got some amazing footage of one of mine in a video we just posted featuring all uh, three species of Ephibopus. And just, there's so much to like about it. Green butt, the bottom part of the spider is like a reddish coloration the top half of the spider is darker more of a dark blue or i won't say black but it's a much darker color almost reminds me of a somapius or smopius victori so just beautiful slings and ones i'm going to continue to enjoy watching grow up so the next award is the queen memorial award for pet rock of the year and i say this with the utmost respect and affection as anybody that's listened to me or watched my videos knows the queen was the first tarantula I ever got it was a grandma stola now it's rosea but porteri at the time it's a darker form of it and I absolutely adored this spider there would be no Tom's big spiders without her and she definitely needed an award so one of the things that used to I found striking about her is she could sit in one spot and not move for a ridiculous amount of time and again when some folks use pet rock it's a derogatory term for a spider that doesn't move they're like oh it's boring I love pet rocks I when you keep a spider there's nothing better if you like the spider enjoy the look of the spider want to show the spider off to people than a spider that just sits there calmly so people can admire it so that people that are scared of spiders can approach it and not feel like it's going to bolt away which if anybody's kept spiders before and brought somebody that doesn't like spiders in their spider room knows is something that happens all of a sudden the spider moves they scream and it's like all right out of the spider room that's annoying so I really was looking Looking for one that kind of embodies that. A, I thought she was a beautiful, beautiful spider. I absolutely adore that. But B, which one will just sit there forever? It kind of came down to one spider. I have a couple that it could have gone to, but there's one in particular that just earned the title pretty much this week. The award this year goes to my female Grandma Stola Polkerpies or Choco Goldeny, who I do need to give a name because I've mentioned before. This one I kind of have is my heir apparent to the queen. She just reminds me of the queen a lot. Beautiful spider. If anybody has followed me for any length of time, you know I absolutely love the Grandma, the species Grandma Stola Polkerpies. So how did she get the award? Well, I'm looking behind me now. I have two water dishes in her or tank one of them got filled with dirt and she was standing over it when I fed her so I put in a second one well she has been sitting in the second one for almost two weeks now and she's okay she's just sitting there relaxing these guys are masters at conserving their energy but it immediately made me think of the queen in such an endearing way so this year's recipient of the queen memorial award for pet rock of the year is my female grandma stola poker peas and again I do need to get her a name she is earned it. I absolutely adore this spider. I'm just waiting for something to pop into my head that sticks. Now, the next award is called the Weber of the Year. And as you can probably deduce by the very uninspired name, it is for the spider with the most webbing, the ones with the copious amounts of white all over their entire enclosures. They sometimes go up to the ceiling. They cover everything up. I love heavily webbing spiders, and apparently so do a lot of people because I get asked constantly, what is your heaviest webbing spider now as just a heads up i am if you've noticed this is the spider award so it doesn't mean that every spider on this award is actually going to be a tarantula obviously i keep some true spiders some megalomorphs there's going to be a lot of different variety here so i want to make that clear because i don't want people freaking out when something non-tarantula oriented comes up or thinking that every single spider on this list is a tarantula when it's not so first one on the list is h oipoki the black and red curtain web spider. These guys, the curtain web spiders have blown my mind. I mean, if there was going to be a breakout spider of the year, it would be the curtain web spiders because I have now, I think, five different species of them, and they are amazing. They grow, they hit like trucks. They grow great, and they are webbing machines. This one has created, again, those huge curtain webs with the holes in them that the, you drop a cricket in, you watch the spider start coming out of its burrow that is completely lined with web. 
comes up, snatches the spider, scuttles back away. Just amazing to watch Hunt and amazing to watch them cover their enclosures with webbing. I mean, it is just literally floor-to-ceiling webbing in that enclosure. The second one on the list is Kilobrachis fimbriatus or Indian violet. This spider has absolutely blanketed the entire enclosure. And a lot of times when I do husbandry reports on some of my old world species, I talk about how they, if you give them a room, most of them will burrow. They are burrowing species. But if you don't give them a lot of room, they'll web up top. Well, this one did both. It burrowed. It has a very ornate burrow where it goes down. I believe there's actually two entrances to it. And it also came up and just covered everything with webbing. We're talking every inch of that surface is covered in webbing. It goes right up to the top of the enclosure. I did leave a lot of space up top when I rehoused her for the webbing. And it's a good thing too, because she has used up every square inch of it that she could. So amazing webbers. I am always floored by just when I open that enclosure, how much work she has done in there. We're talking about on the level of GBB. If anybody's kept GBBs, I have one of them that blanketed her whole thing. It's even outdone my GBB. So incredible webbing. And then the third one on the list is Harpactera pulcropes or golden blue leg baboon. I have an older female, probably, God, oh man, she's probably pushing seven or eight now. She's an old girl, but she has covered the entire surface of her environment with webbing. There was a cork bark there. The cork bark's covered. The ground above the cork bark's covered. The ground in front of the cork bark's covered. She's covered up water dishes. If I put a water dish in, she covers that up. The whole thing, just a blanket of white, just beautiful to look at. And she's a beautiful spider, a beautiful display spider. So she's always out in the open and nothing makes those golds and blues pop like a nice, bright, vivid white background. So definitely one of the most heavy webbing spiders I have right now. I have have another one, a younger female that has almost as much webbing in her. So it's just been very cool to watch. So who's going to take the award for the Weber of the year? We're going to have to rename this. I'm assuming what's going to happen is people are going to come up with much better names than I've got here. And so these might change if we go and do this again next year. So if anybody's got a good one for this one, let me know. Winner of this one, Kilobrachis fimbriatus or the Indian violet. I am floored by the amount of webbing in that enclosure. And I think one of the nicer things is because she spends most of her time underground, it stays vibrant white. I mean, it is glowing. It's like somebody, you know, took a brand new t-shirt and bleached it. It's completely white. And every time I take that enclosure out to feed her, it's, I'm impressed by how much webbing it's thick. It's multi-layered. It's not just on the surface. It's not just a little corner. It's the entire thing and then built all the way up. Now, next year, we'll have to see how it goes with the H. oipoki or even some of my other species of curtain web spiders because they're hard at work and I have noticed it takes them a while. And the Keelbrachis fimbriatus has had a couple of years to build up the webbing. But this year, the award definitely goes to her. So the next award is the Pet Dirt Award for the most shy and elusive spider. Read pet holes, ones you never see because they never come out of their burrows. And this has been this was a fun one for me because I've had people ask what are the most visible, but I often get asked, what is your least visible spider? And obviously with any of the spiders on this list, this is just my personal, represents my personal observations of my own collection. I'm not saying that these spiders are the most, whatever it may be, the, the best webbers, whatever. This is just what I've seen in my own collection over one year. So I want to make that very clear because somebody's going to listen to this and get all butthurt because that's not the most heavily webbing spider or that's not, that's not what it's about. We're just having fun talking about what I've seen, kind of a recap of my own collection. So for the Pet Dirt Award nominees this year, we have number one, Omothymus Velocipes. Or the Singapore Blue, I rehoused this one last year into a large enclosure with a live plant, a cork bark round. It was just a nice and more naturalistic setup. And for a little while, I was seeing her out a little bit more. This is the spider, if everybody remembers, I hadn't seen out and about for I think it was like five years at one point, like no, or five years I got, I've been able to capture 20 seconds of footage of her. So that's like ridiculous. So she was very, very shy. I put her in this new enclosure. I was finding her out and about more. Well, she's gone back to her shy self and I have barely seen her. The good thing is when I take the top off her enclosure, shine a flashlight down into her cork bark ground, I can usually catch just her feet in the bottom of her tunnel there. So she's gone back to her shy ways, which has earned her a nomination for Pet Dirt Award. 
Second one on the list, Selena Cosmia, or Phlogius, it's sometimes referred to. Crassipes, the whistling spider, the brown spider. It's an Aussie spider, a beautiful spider. This female I rehoused six years ago into the enclosure she is in now. And in that six years' time, I had seen little more than her feet. Like, we're talking six years, barely seen any part of this spider at all. So not only was she hidden longer than my Omothymus velocipes, but in the amount of time, the same if you took the same time period when I was able to catch 20 seconds of my Omothymus velocipes, I was able to catch almost zero <laughs> seconds of anything with my S. crassipes. As a matter of fact, the closest I got until very recently, and I'll get into that in a moment, was I saw just her feet sticking out. I tried to entice her out by dropping some crickets in. I got my camera ready, and I ended up with a 50-second shot of just the tips of her toes. So very, very, very shy spider. Next one on the list, and our third nominee is the Kilobrachis fimbriatus. She's making an appearance again. My Indian Violet, again, with all that webbing, comes a very elusive and shy spider. I've been trying to get footage of her since I did her rehouse a few years back. That was the most footage I got, and unfortunately, we didn't have the light quit. I had a battery-powered light that I used to use to light my videos. It quit in the middle of the video, so the shot we got is darker. It's not even a good shot. It wasn't even good footage. So I've been trying desperately to lure her out with some crickets, and for the longest time, nothing, not a zilch. So she has been incredibly elusive. I haven't even been able to get pictures. I have an Instagram account. And sometimes when I don't think I can get good video footage of spiders, I will sit down, try to at least snap a good, couple good pictures. I've gotten like a couple of her butt until recently. And we'll get into that in a minute. But just easily one of the most shy spiders I've ever kept, which is a shame because I'd love to see her because she's gorgeous. So the winner of the Pet Dirt Award for the most shy and elusive spider for 2022 Selena Cosmia Crassipes. This one definitely, and, and again, part of this being the inaugural award ceremony, so to speak, I'm looking at their overall body of work. This might change next year because obviously it's going to restart in January. And a funny thing has happened. Both of these guys is one of the first that I came up with when I was coming up with these funny, weird awards. And the Kilobrachis Fimbriatus just a few days ago was out on the surface. I went to feed her. I turned around to grab a cricket. She was right out on the surface, and I got about 15 seconds or 20 seconds of footage of her. I was so freaking excited. I ran down the show Billy. So for this year, she's already blown that. And then finally, after years of waiting, the Selena Cosmia Crassipes came out and sat right on the top and grabbed a couple crickets for me, and I got some footage of her as well and some pictures of her as well. So it, I, I can tell you, the people that don't understand why you keep the pet rocks, so to speak, this is why, because when you do catch them out, it's probably, in my mind, the closest I'll get to the feeling of seeing one of these guys out in nature. And just to explain, I mean, when you go out in a nature walk and try to find them, it's very difficult to find them. So that moment where you're like, oh my Lord, here's one right here. It must be amazing. I'm assuming it must be similar to that when you walk up and the spider you haven't seen in six years is sitting right there. And even better, when you go through the painstaking process of trying to carefully remove its enclosure from where it is on the shelf, set it on the table, get the top off the stupid thing without spooking the spider and having it run back into its burrow it's madness and then to take that off and have the spider still standing there while you get out your camera I can't even explain the feeling totally worth it. I was talking with my son Roan about it and we we're talking about how I caught one of them out and he goes isn't that kind of a like waste isn't that kind of stink to have a spider that you can't see and I was trying to explain to him just when you do see them whether it's once a year whether it's once every two years whether it's once in six years it makes it all worth it. So Pet Dirt Award for this year, 2022, goes to Selena Cosmia Crassipes. The next award was one of the early ones I got too because I get asked this all the time. Oftentimes it's a comment on my video, Fastest Growing Tarantula Species. What are your slowest growing tarantula species? And I try not to dwell on these too much because again, it's seen as a negative. Most folks don't go, oh good, I want a spider that I'm going to get at a third of an inch and I'm going to hit middle age and have grandkids by the time it actually looks like the spider I wanted to purchase. That's not really enticing for many people unless you have a big collection and you don't have to fixate on. So this one, there was only one spider that easily had a couple that might have made it in previous years, but this one takes the cake, I think. 
It is one of my by far slowest growing spiders and one of the slowest growing spiders I have ever kept. I picked this one out going on six years ago. At the time, it was about a half an inch. And in those six years, it's gone from a half an inch to a third of an inch. I'm totally kidding on that one, but it honestly feels like sometimes that it molts and it gets smaller. I've never seen anything like this. This is a spider. One of the other reasons it made it on the list is I've had so many people say, hey, can you update me on this spider? Can you do an update on it? My update is usually, yeah, it looks exactly the same as the video I caught of it two years ago. Exactly the same as the video I caught of it four years ago. It eats fairly well. It is pretty active. It's out in the open, but it does not seem to grow. Now, as adults, this is a gorgeous specimen. I've had folks rub it in my face that they picked ones up the same time I picked mine up, and they're in, it seems like, warmer climates, so they're getting faster growth rates, so those are theirs are starting to show some of those beautiful adult colors. Right now, I have a little grayish-blue sling. So, for the Better Put Me in Your Will Award for 2022, our winner this year is a Fonapelma Moray. The Mexican Jade Fuego. This thing does not grow. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But I can't wait to feature this spider showing some colors. The last time it molted, I kidded myself into believing not only it put on a lot of size, but that it was showing some blue. Again, I kidded myself. It didn't. It put on barely any size. And it has a bluish gray tone. So it's more of a cool gray. We'll put it that way. It's not blue. It's like a cool gray. Anybody that knows their colors. So... Again, I love it. I don't want it to be seen as a negative, and I do this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but that would be right now my top. Again, I didn't even bother putting any other spiders on it. I do have a little G. rosea that has taken nine years to hit about eh, two and inches, two and a quarter inches or so, and to start looking like a little G. rosea. Previous years, she would have won it hands down, but this year definitely goes to a Fontapel Memorial. Now, the next award actually doesn't include a spider. It's nothing to do with the spiders, but it was a fun one I wanted to put in here because what started off is kind of a joke and one that Billy and I got probably more pleasure out of than we should have. It just, it never stopped being funny, but it's kind of carried over onto my YouTube channel. It's almost become like an inside joke with me and longtime subscribers because it comes up constantly, almost like the Simply Limeade container I use for a catch cup. I've been saying for years I want to be sponsored by Simply Limeade and some people don't realize I'm joking with it. It's just a running joke. Well, it started as a joke, but it's no longer a joke. I actually love the product. So we're going to kind of do a new one here called Enclosure of the Year Award. And this isn't to say this is the best enclosure. I want to make that very clear. I use so many different types of enclosures. I will never get tired of trying different things out, different companies. It's not that I like one better than the other. I'll find something I really like. I'll buy a bunch of them, and then I'll find another one. I'll start using that. For me, part of the fun of the hobby is discovering new enclosures. And that's kind of how we stumbled upon this product here. I found it on Amazon when I was just kind of doing a search for new things I could use for enclosures. And I looked at one of the sizes they had. It looked pretty cool. I wanted to try it for my curtain web spires. So I ordered one. We got it in and it had the funniest box ever. It was one of those ones that was obviously, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, it was manufactured in China and whoever the advertisement team was for it, it looks like they were tr probably trying to translate stuff from Chinese to English, and it didn't translate particularly well because the name doesn't make a lot of sense. It sounds like some bizarre anime or something. So I featured one of these in my video. I believe the first one might have been my H. Oipokei. I picked it up for her, and immediately, like, we joked about it the entire video, but I was like, these are actually pretty nice. I now have 10 of them. I got a bunch of them for Christmas. I'm using them for tarantulas now, not just the curtain web spiders, and I love them. They're awesome, and I've talked to other people now who are picking them up, and we've discovered something new that works well for tarantulas. I am, of course, talking about my favorite new enclosure, the Barbarous Growth Explosion Proof Reptile Enclosures. That's one of the names for them. They have all kinds of stuff on them. Love these things. They come 8 by 8 by 8 8 by 9 by 10, 8 by 10 by 15. They're, they can be a little bit pricey. 8 by 10 by 15 is like 80 bucks or something or 83 bucks. That's a, that's a good chunk of change for it. But it does offer a lot of features like really good ventilation, ventilation hatch up top that is the stamped metal, not the crisscross wire mesh that tarantulas can get their toe claws caught in. It's got, you know, just a lot of features. The top can come completely off. You can put the top on for spiders that web all the way up the top. That little hatch comes in handy to hatch up top. A lot of cool stuff. Well made. Crystal clear, 
again, the $83 one comes with, the problem is, and I wish it would just come with a bare bones model for like 60 It comes with a lot of useless stuff that most tarantula keepers aren't going to use. I mean, there's a little resin bowl, a little resin hide, some other stuff, but overall stuff that nobody's going to need. The 8 by 9 by 10 depending on where you get it, comes with nothing. It's a little cheaper. And then the 8 by 8 by 8 I've gotten for $25. Bucks, so they're beautiful, gorgeous. So, again, kind of started off as a joke, but I am, I love them. And I'm using a lot of them. And, again, other people are using them, too. So, this year's Enclosure of the Year Award goes to Barbarous Growth. I will say I've already got an early contender for Enclosure of the Year for next year. I got sent a couple tarantula cribs to try out. I've, I've tried these before, and I have featured some of the sling ones on my channel before and we just got one model that just blew my mind but we'll wait wait a bit that'll come up later on in the year and we'll see how it goes as far as 2022 but there's some awesome stuff out there from a lot of different people and obviously ones that are manufacturing ones specifically for tarantulas i'm really excited for next year because i believe that primal cages is coming back i've got some amazing stuff for tarantula cribs we're not just getting the typical in the united states acrylic is all the rage and there are a lot of companies putting out the acrylic ones that have the sliding tops with the magnetic tops. We've, we're now getting to like generation three, generation four, where they're really starting to do some cool types of things with these enclosures. They're not just your standard box with a sliding top. They've got all kinds of different, I won't even use gimmicks. They're really well thought out features. They're people now that are making design changes based on feedback from tarantula keepers and based on their own tarantula keeping, which is awesome. This is a cool time for us in the United States. I know, I believe there's a company in Canada that's starting to produce them now. And speaking of which, I got to get back to them. Darn it. Nope. Just reminded myself, I got to get back to an email. But the fact that we've got so many choices now is amazing. And again, as always with tarantulas, you can use the cheap ones. You can use the found enclosures. I'm not telling everybody go out and spend gobs of money on enclosures. But for many of us, like me, I'm kind of at my threshold for how many I can keep. I can, it's a hobby. I want to spend money. That's what the point of a hobby is to have fun. You, you know, take up your free time and take up your money. I can put some money toward it. So closure of the year for this year, 2022 barbarous growth, explosion proof reptile cage. There's all kinds of names for it. Check them out. If you can find them on Amazon, just don't buy them all up because there's nothing more annoying when I go to buy one of the enclosures I share. And then there's, there's none left for me. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Well, maybe I'm half kidding. No, I'm totally kidding. The next award, uh, this one is called the O Expletive. You can fill in the expletive. Obviously, we're keeping this family friendly. But the spider that you have this moment where you're like, wow, I did not realize this was the animal I was getting. To explain for those of us who like picking up new and unusual species that there isn't a lot about, that when you do a Google search of them, you either get pictures of the wrong spider or no spiders at all. There is always that moment where the spider makes that transition to adulthood where it's sporting its adult colors and you look down the spider and go, whoa, was not expecting that. Holy geez. And I've had it happen a couple times in my keeping career where you just get a spider that you're, you pick it up, you know nothing about it. You don't know what it looks like. It's like, let's have this be a total surprise. So for example, an early one for me would have been one that was sold as Formictopus caudus violet that ended up being, now they call it Formictopus species Dominican purple. And I remember when one of those molted, it was like, I called everybody in the house, like, you got to see this. Because I heard that it could get purple. I had seen zero pictures of it. And then to see this a gorgeous spider, it was just mind-blowing. So every year, there's some species. I always try to get a few weird, strange, obscure ones here and there and just kind of wait to see what they turn out to be. Earlier this year, this species I did a rehousing on. I believe it was like probably August of this year I rehoused it. At that time, it was probably about two and a half inches or so. Brown spider had been growing relatively quickly. I was impressed by its growth rate. I was impressed by its eating. But I had read that its common name included the word purple. And I found that perplexing because in the pictures that I'd seen online, I hadn't really seen a lot of purple. I hadn't seen any purple on the spider. And it was starting, it was a smaller species. It was starting to show some of its, I thought it was starting to show some of its adult colors. So in the video, when we were talking about the common name, I actually mentioned the fact that I thought the common name was kind of silly because I'm not seeing any purple. Well, fast forward to a couple weeks ago, and this one molted at the end of the year, mid-December, and I went in to shine the flashlight in to get a look at it and got a blast of this purpley pink carapace. Just stunning. The legs kind of a dark, dark bluish. I wouldn't say the legs are purple, but there's a bluish hue to them, grayish blue hue to them. Carapace, pinkish purple, 
definitely not what I was expecting from the spider and definitely anybody that follows my Instagram probably knows where I'm going with this definitely showed me why it is called the Roatan Island Purple. We're talking about Theraphos and I species Roatan. Love this little spider. Best surprise I've had this year easily as far as coloration. A lot of the spiders I know are going to be beautiful. I've seen pictures. This one, I had no idea. So when I shine the flashlight in there and saw that immediately, what ends up happening is I will take a bunch of pictures of it and send one to Billy, who's usually downstairs at that point, be like, look at this. So then we come down and discuss it. And then it was off to Instagram to post a picture and basically admonish myself forever questioning the word purple in the title. Again, it's more of a pinkish purple. I know some folks will argue. We have, we have the arguments all the time. It's like when people call the Singapore blue blue and technically many times they're purple. But you know what I'm saying. Just a gorgeous spider. So biggest surprise of the year so far for me, I think. No, I think will go to the Theraphos and I species Roatan or Roatan Island Purple. If anybody's got one of these that hasn't shown its adult colorations yet, it sounds like you're in for quite the surprise. Apparently, the females have the purplish on the carapace. The males will get more of the purple on the legs. Hopefully, this means I have a female. Fingers crossed because I definitely want to have this spider for a while and be able to show it off. Now, for anyone that watches the award shows a lot of times, like with the Oscars and things of that nature... They will have a segment called In Memoriam in which they discuss those they have lost during the course of the year, whether it be singers, actors, anybody in the entertainment industry. So I figured this would be a good time to kind of talk about a few of the major losses I had this year. Again, all older spiders, all ones that were in spider old age, so to speak. So they weren't shocking, but they were very important spiders to me. Again, I don't usually post a lot when my older ones die because it's just, it's kind of sad. It's not something I really want to spend time doing. I have my little ways of mourning them over here. And then, you know, usually what ends up happening is if I don't have another of that species, I look for another of that species because these are ones I want to have in my collection for a long time. So the first ones on my list we affectionately referred to as GBB1 and GBB2. They were both C. cyanopubicans females. I got them both about two months apart. If I remember correctly, they were from the same sack. Hence, we used to identify them as GBB1 and GBB2. That's how my family knew them. Well, unfortunately, GBB2 passed away earlier this year. She had molted last year at one point. Looked a little worse for the wear and then slowly started winding down, stopped eating, and then finally stopped living, which was very depressing. And then GBB2 actually died in mid-December, so not too many months away from GBB1. They were both around the same age, 10 or 11 years old or so. So they had lived long lives. They had long been jewels in my collection. And I have many pictures, many videos to remember them by, but still a bummer. Another one that we lost this year was my Caribbean Versicolor female, again, quite old. She had molt, surprised me with the molt because she wasn't all that thick to begin with. She didn't look like she was in pre-molt at all. She was kind of thin. She molted again, became super thin, and then just was not able to hunt very well, was killing crickets and dropping them, and then she passed away. That was a bummer. That was the mother that ended up having all the babies. I paired her several years back, oh God, like four years back, but I do have one of her daughters to remember her by, so I'm glad that although she's passed on, obviously it was a great breeding experience. That spider brought me a lot a lot of great memories. We did a lot of great videos with her. She's featured in several videos, especially ones, you know, back way back when it was Alvicularia Versicolor. And we have her daughter now. So there's some good things there. And then the last one, this one was a super bummer. My uh, Tarina Kylis Muranis OBT. The I love this girl. She's been featured in many videos. I did a rehouse of her two years ago. And she was Always one of the most laid-back OBTs you'd ever want to meet. It just a true jewel, a true... I, I just think she was huge in, in terms of getting other people to recognize that they're not all those demonic monsters that they are made out to be. Anytime I featured her in a video, people got to see an example of one that wasn't trying to rip my face off. Stunning spider, easily one of... Anytime I did top 10 lists, top 5 lists, easy one of the top 5 total spiders in my collection like I adored this spider and I knew something was up where she had molted last year and again what happens with the ones in old age I've had ones sometimes die in molts but they have that last molt and you can just tell something's wrong she was much more lethargic they start sometimes they'll hunt and they won't consume the prey item so you'll find the prey item dumped in a water dish rotting which that was what happened with her she was hunting like oh thank god she's eating i put a bunch of crickets in i come back later on this is festering pile of half dead half rotted crickets in the water dish 
Finally, I went to check on her one day, and I, I it looked like she was out, so I was going to get some pictures, and as soon as I opened it up, I'm like, she doesn't look good, and she was dead. She had passed. So the good thing was it, it wasn't a long, drawn-out death. That's the worst part about spiders. Sometimes they, they go on way past when it's probably good for them to go on. Like, it's it's sad watching the waste away. For her, it was, it was pretty quick. She molted. Things weren't quite right after. And I don't think, for the record... I don't think it was a bad molt. She was an older spider and her previous molt, she had slowed down quite a bit, but still stinks to have those guys gone. And luckily I do have several more P. Murinus right now. So there will be a new P. Murinus. Hopefully there's nice, wonderful and laid back as this one, because I think the species as a whole can use some positive role models in the hobby. The next award, I had a name that was cracking me up, but it would have been calling somebody out. So I'm not going to do it. But it, it made Billy and I laugh. But we're going to call this one the Pitbull Award for Most Aggressive Spider. And I have people ask me all the time, what is your nastiest spiders? Which ones are super aggressive? Every time I post a video up, somebody will come on and go, those spiders aren't laid back. I have one and it's absolutely nasty. Or I saw this on this video and this one was nasty. So I get asked this one all the time. What is your single most vicious spider? And the winner of this one is zero. I have nothing. Nobody. No spider is going to ever make this list. A, the Pitbull Award should be kind of a, a telltale sign. I am a huge Pitbull advocate. Billy and I have three Pitbulls. Again, not saying that in the wrong hands or in the wrong situations, they can't be difficult and they can't pose problems for people. But much like Old world tarantulas, I think it's all in the keeper. It's what they're able to do with these spiders, how they're able to, how they're raised, how they are cared for, how they are treated, the experience level of the person who's caring for them. I think that all comes into play. I think that's why I use the pit bull because it's similar in the way it is vilified with, you know, old world tarantulas. They're very similar. So what is the word? I don't have one. I really don't. And I never will. It drives me nuts. And everybody knows that, but I thought it'd be funny to put it in here because everybody always asks. So unfortunately, nobody's going to accept this award this year. If we were doing this as an award show, I'd be like, thank you very much. And walk off the stage. There's nothing to give here. So I'm sure other people will have ones and everybody, I, all joking aside, I'm sure everybody's got that one spider that gives them a little more trouble than others. So if you want to assign one for this one, if, if you're making your own list, yeah, I would love to hear because sometimes it's spiders you want to expect. I just had somebody contact me the other day telling me their most vicious spider was a Caribbean Versicolor, which doesn't shock me because mine have always been a little high strung. But in that respect, yes, we all have one that can be a little more high strung, but I hate obviously using the term aggressive. If anything, we're going to use defensive, and I hate singling certain species out for that because I really think a lot of times it is it does have a lot to do with the keeper. So moving on to our next award, I considered not putting this on here, but I thought, no, this is a fun one because I have a lot of folks who will ask me to do care videos and on other animals, uh, mantids, centipedes, scorpions, things of that nature, or they ask me why I don't have more of them. It's because I'm into spiders. I'm not to say I don't, I do have some scorpions. I do have a centipede. I do have some other animals, but that's not my focus. And even if I did start getting some, it would be a while before I felt like I had anywhere near the experience I needed to talk about their care. There are people out there that do for scorpions and for centipedes what I try to do for tarantulas. They've spent years raising them up. They know how to keep them correctly. I'm not that person. I'm not, unfortunately, one of those people that goes out there and buys a bunch of different stuff just to show it off and, and, and get more views on a channel. It's just not what I do. So I know people get frustrated with that. But that said, I do keep some other animals. I don't talk a lot about them. Sometimes I'll feature them in shorts. But for this next one, we called it the Hey Wait, That's Not a Tarantula Award for Favorite Non-Spider Critter. So for this one, we're looking at what is my favorite critter right now? Or what has been the, the standout this year? of an animal that is not a spider. And if we had done this one last year, or the previous year, well, last year it probably would have been my Scolopendra Dehani, my centipede, love this thing, not Billy's favorite pet in my collection, but I find that animal to just be brilliant. Like, love watching it hunt, it gives me a little thrill working with it because it provides different challenges than tarantulas, love it. But this year, this year I picked up something, or a couple some things, that have really kind of, they've they've stolen my heart. I absolutely adore them. I enjoy caring for them. I enjoy watching them interact. 
I enjoy feeding them and coming up with different things to feed them. They've just been such a, a, a wonderful little discovery. There was something I had been eyeing for a little while, but I finally pulled the trigger and picked some up from Fear Not this year. And we are talking about my Esbolus varicosis or blue death feigning beetles. Probably nobody even probably knows I have these guys because I've done nothing on them. I've taken videos. I've never posted any. I, I just keep forgetting, honestly, but I absolutely love them. I picked up five of the little guys. They one of them crawled out into my hand and I was just immediately in love. They're adorable. I love watching them eat. I love the fact that now I have something to do with my dead crickets. When I get some dead crickets in my cricket box, I drop them in and watch those little guys come up, grab the dead cricket out of there and chow down. I love mixing different vegetables. They, they seem, mine seem to love carrots. I tried bean sprouts the other day, not a big fan of those. We're going to try some uh, organic fruit, make sure it doesn't have pesticide on it to see how they do with that. But Really enjoying watching them interact. Like the other day I came up and one of them just kind of calmly climbed over the one next to it. And then the other one climbed over that one. They kind of kept playing leapfrog. It was the funniest thing. When I put food down, I love watching them wander out from their hiding space to eat. And I'll just sit there for a while watching them eat just in awe. So blue death fainting beetles, if you don't have them or haven't checked them out, definitely give them a peek. Really cool animals. Apparently they live quite long which is wonderful. They're an arid species, so there's no real moisture requirements. I got them in a cage that's a mix of sand and peat with some other stuff thrown in, and I have a bunch of different pieces of cork bark that they can hide under, a large piece of wood that they can hide under, and then I have a little dish in the middle of the tank that they go get their food out of. Just absolutely adoring them. Everybody in the house loves them. Billy loves them. She was here when we did the unboxing for them, and we were just so, like, immediately enamored with them. So, again, not a tarantula, not a spider, but one of the cooler things I keep right now, blue death fainting beetles. Just definitely taking the, hey, wait, that's not a tarantula award for 2022. The next award is the Tarantula Titan Award for Largest Spider. I'm constantly getting asked what the biggest spider in my collection is. And I have three of them that have been kind of neck and neck for several years now. Honestly, for this year, it's going to be easy to figure it out. And I got a funny feeling for next year, it'll be easy to figure out as well. But one of them is due for a molt, so I think it's going to lap the other ones. And it's already a little bit bigger. But let's get into the nominees for this year's the Tarantula Titan Award. Number one would be my Pamphibedius Antonis. Last molt was around eight and a half inches or so. She is huge, very, very leggy, beautiful black coloration with little red on her abdomen. Just a gorgeous giant spider. I think I've had her for about seven or eight years now. And when I got her, she was a good three inches. She was a sex female. It was back when I was buying sex females. But she is just an amazing animal. And just you really have to see her spread out in person to appreciate how large she is. The second nominee is the Laziodora or Laziodora parahibana or the Salmon Bird Eater. This girl's last molt was about, again, eight and a half inches or so. But unlike the Pamphibetus antinus, she's much more bulky and I believe a little bit larger now in her max size. Tough to gauge, but I'm guessing she's slightly bigger, but just what a big, beautiful, beefy spider. I have... I will admit it, years ago, I picked up a Lazy Dora Parahibana, and I was so excited to grow them up, but my first one grew rather slowly, and I kind of like wasn't as enamored with the species as I thought I was going to be. It was one of those ones that I would never say was overrated, but it just wasn't one of my favorites. However, things have changed. The past five years, this girl has really won me over. I love the spider. She's very calm, which is good because she is a beast. And just when she molts that dark color with those salmon-colored hairs on it, just a stunning, stunning spider. And the other thing is she's sitting right out in the open. I'm looking at it right now. She did finally, for people that have been asking, she had a golden pothos in there and when I did the rehousing it was about two or three years ago I said we'll have to see how long this lasts it did do it lasted quite some time but she recently took to ripping it apart and webbing over it and it's on its last leg unfortunately what was a nice bushy plant now has eh, three leaves on it so not looking too good for that but awesome spider and then the last nominee on this list is Theraphosa blondi or the goliath bird eater this one was about eight 0.75 inches or so its last molt itself so this one is easily nine inches or so and the big one about this I just posted a picture of one of my females on Instagram I believe it was yesterday actually and 
Her abdomen, her booty is gigantic. It's about the size of a clementine or plum. It's big. Like it is, this is the biggest tarantula abdomen I have ever personally seen. And I had back in the day, a, a it was a Theraphosa stormy female that had molted. And at the time she was about nine and a half inches or so. And unfortunately she ended up passing away, but her booty wasn't anywhere near as big as this one. Just, it's, I took so many pictures of just the butt on it. And unfortunately I had nothing in there for reference for people to see how big it was, but this is not just a huge spider in terms of leg span, but in terms of mass, huge, thick, beefy spider. So the winner this year of the Tarantula Titan Award for Largest Spider is, well, if you haven't figured it out, it's my Theraphosa Blondie Goliath Bird Eater. I came close with the Lazy Door Parahibana because they're so close in size and she's beefy, but this other one lately has put on so much size. I'm guessing size, I'm guessing she's probably getting close to going in pre-molt, so I can't wait for that. A little terrified because when the big ones molt, it always worries you, but her enclosure has kept its moisture level well. She's been eating great. I don't foresee knocking wood any problems, but that booty just put her off the charts in terms of size. She is massive. And just and another thing is I've lucked out where both my Theraphosa blondies, again, knock on wood, are really laid back because they're big spiders. And if they were, you know, throwing up threat postures or scuttling around trying to get away from me every time they got spooked, they'd be almost unmanageable because of the size. But they're very laid back. There's no hair kicking. Awesome spider. So Theraphosa blondie, Goliath bird eater, no big shock there. It is considered to be, I believe in the Guinness Book of Records, the largest spider in the world by mass or by weight, I believe. So big, big spider. We'll have to see where it goes. I hope that the next molt comes soon. I hope that the next molt goes well. And I hope that we get a good measurement on that old exoskeleton to show that she's possibly pushing 10 inches. We'll see how it goes. So the next award I called the Eight-Legged Jewel Award. This is the award for right now, what I think is the most beautiful spider in my collection. Now, this is a one that, out of all the ones on here, this is the one I'm expecting people to go, huh? But I had to go with my gut on this. And anybody, I'll give you a hint for folks who watch my Instagram, you may know which one's coming up. So you'll have a heads up on people that haven't been following the Instagram because I did just post one of this one up and I did get a response that seemed to back up what I was thinking about it. But the nominees for this one, we have... One tarantula and two true spiders. So the first one on the list is my Cupienius Gitazi or orange wandering spider or wandering spider, often called banana spider. I posted up a YouTube short, I believe, of this one a while back, and I will be posting up another video that I caught of it hunting. As anybody knows, I love orange spiders. Absolutely love orange spiders. And this might be the most brilliant and rich orange spider I have ever kept. It ranks up there with the Ophilopinus. I have two of those right now that are just stunning, like almost like glowing in orange-red color. But the Cupienus Gatazi, I just love the build of it. It's a fluffy little spider, which makes it adorable. And it has the most beautiful, fiery, orange-red color combination on it that I've ever seen. And pushing, it's probably three, three and a half inches or so. It's a big spider. So I know some folks are going to be like, what? I will post up, maybe after I throw this up later today, maybe on YouTube, I will post up a couple videos of some of the ones that are featured in here just so people can really get an appreciation for what I'm seeing, but definitely one that deserves to be on the list this year. The next nominee was a spider that I I don't think I've ever hit the buy button as quickly when I saw this one offered. I had noticed them before when I was doing some research on Huntsman spiders and I like couldn't believe this was a, a real spider and got in a teeny, tiny, tiny little sling that I was convinced I was going to kill because it was so small that more than one occasion in the tiny little dram vial I had it in, I could not find where it was. I didn't know if it was in there. I was feeding it flightless fruit flies. All I knew is that the flies seemed to be disappearing. It took forever for it to put on size, but now it's pushing about five inches or so. And this spider is stunning. It's a combination of reddish browns and this vibrant green. I'm talking about my heteropoda Boyai, it's one of the most confusing names ever to pronounce it, but we'll say Boyai, the lichen or lichen huntsman. My God, what a stunning spider. As with most huntsmen, very small body, very long, gangly, sharp legs. So people who are still scared of spiders, this is like a nightmare for you. But 
My Lord, is it gorgeous. Again, if you don't believe me, hop on my Instagram, see the picture I posted up of mine. I love green spiders. I don't understand why there aren't more green spiders. In my mind, green spiders would make more sense for a color in the wild than purple or blue or orange or any of the other ones that would make them stand out like sore thumbs. So I can't figure out why they aren't more. So when you do get a green spider, it's like amazing. And then when you get a spider that's this green and this beautiful, my God, it's just, there's nothing like it. So this one, the H boy, I had to make it to the list. And then the next one on the list is Formictopus species purple. Purple, right? I always say violet. Purple. I have on my notes, just so everybody knows, violet. I've always called them violet because they were originally sold as Formictopus Caudus violet, so I didn't understand why we changed the purple. Who cares? Gorgeous spider. Both of mine molted this year. Both of them still, people have asked me, do the females eventually lose those purples? Heck no. They keep those purples and they just become more rich and more beautiful. These are both, both of my females are full grown adult females. I believe they're both eight inches or larger and both of them still sport deep indigos and purples that just uh, under the right light, even not under the right light, even under just decent light, they pop, but under the right light, they glow. So again, I obviously love my Formictopus species, purples or violets, whatever you want to call them. And if I were to make a Mount Rushmore of beautiful tarantulas, they would definitely be on that mountainside. And then the last one on this list, Zenestis species blue. Wow. Like I know, obviously I've been tracking my whole journey with Zenestis species. Billy bought me my first a couple of years ago. After that, she bought me my second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. <laughs> I have a bunch of them. But the species blues, I had seen pictures of them on people's Instagram and online and YouTube and on Google searches. And I honestly thought it was one of those spiders that either A, went through a short period in its juvenile stage where it was very vibrant, or B, that people played with the levels on it to make it look more vibrant than it actually was. Nope, that one of mine just molted. It's pushing about six inches now, six and a half inches. And holy geez, the purple carapace, those legs, blue legs pop. Like you can see they're blue even before the light's on them. And then you put a light on them and they just glow. So another, you know, for folks looking for that are fans of blue spiders, if you want to spend some money, unfortunately, these are still very, very expensive. They're difficult to breed. There's not a lot of them out here. And I think a lot of the ones in US are imported. So we don't have a very good supply of them. But if you're looking for a beautiful trophy spider and you like the color blue, I would definitely check out Zenestis species blue. So who is going to get the eight-legged jewel award for this year? Well, first, we're going to have an advertisement from our sponsor. I'm totally kidding. There's no sponsor. I just wanted to do that because I was listening to one the other day, and they kept doing that. And I was like, man, that's annoying. Nope, no sponsor here. No advertiser here. We are going to go. Wait, who, we, this must be a royal we. It's just me. I am going to go with Hedropoda Booyai, the Lichen or Lichen Huntsman. I can't tell you guys how enamored I am with the looks of this spider. It's the shape. It's the cut that those greens are just, and again, pop over. I might even put my Instagram. This isn't a, a way to get, I want to make this very clear. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not into the big cross promotion. Like, Hey, go check out this. My Instagram is literally what I use to post up pictures so that I can show people when I tell them I have a bunch of spiders. I, it's not a social media thing. Let me blow up an Instagram thing. It's that's where I store all my best pictures that I've taken of my spiders to show off the people I know. And obviously people that know me, I, I, I do, the podcast and everything. So obviously I have people following me there, but this is where I sit there and show friends and family what I've currently got in my collection. And this one, I just put a picture up and it's, the response was fantastic. I was glad because I thought people were gonna be like, what? It's a gorgeous spider. So if you don't believe me, even if it's not your cup of tea, even if you believe the Formictimus species violet, Zanessa species blue, Cupianus Gattazi, I'm sure nobody picked, but beautiful spider. If you don't believe me, check it out. It is a stunning spider and probably one of the top three most beautiful spiders I think I've kept. And that's saying a lot. I've kept a lot of spiders. Just, just nothing like it in terms of coloration and aesthetic. So Heteropoda, Buii, Bui, whatever the heck it's pronounced. Definitely my vote this year for Eight-Legged Jewel Award. So now we have come to the last award. Even going through this list, I can think of some things I will probably add if we do this again next year. 
I'm hoping this gets a decent response because I would love to do it year by year. It's kind of, again, I'm liking kind of revisiting the year and going through my collection. It's forcing me to sit down and pick a favorite, which everybody knows I have a terrible time doing. And the only reason I'm able to do it is because in my mind, they're going to rain for one year and then I can pick a different one next year. So I can change my mind next year. That's the whole fun of this for me. And this is why I found this once I got going making the list. It became such a fun thing because it was a way to cover these topics and a way to not really choose because when it comes down to it, I'm probably going to have a totally different list next year. Or maybe I won't. Maybe there'll be certain ones that keep appearing. Then we can see, do they ever get knocked off their throne? I don't know. I think it'll be fun. Maybe the rest of you think it'll be dorky. Who knows? Who cares? I'm having fun with it. <laughs> so the next one, this is our final award, the big award. It's Spider of the Year. I toyed with a couple different awards for this one and... This I made the most sense. What spider had the most impactful year on me? Which spider is the one that just stood out? Something happened with it that made it just be the one that kind of like when I look back, like, oh yeah, 2022, that was the year of this spider. And this was a tough one at first until one spider jumped out ahead. It just so happened that uh, I had a spider molt right before New Year's that kind of, that was it. It's like, there's my spider. It was blatantly obvious because I had been batting this around for quite a while. But the winner of this award this year, it, it just, honestly, there isn't a more perfect recipient in my collection. This spider back in July of 2021 experienced a terrible molt in which I had to help it extricate itself from its old molt. In the July 2021 molt, it lost both pedipalps. It had several bum legs. It was barely able to move at first. It was bleeding out when I found it. I had used cornstarch to stop the bleeding. It was a disaster. Easily the worst molt I have ever experienced with the spider. Just terrible. And at the time, I didn't know if this spider would survive. But as time went on, she was able to eat. I put her into a terrestrial enclosure so I could keep an eye on her. She ate more and more. She started doing better, and a lot of people were following her and rooting for her. I was honestly, I figured it was 50-50 the next molt would kill her. I was thoroughly convinced that this was, she was slightly, she was an older spider, but not necessarily old for this species standards, and I expected the next molt to kill her. Well, surprise, surprise, in March 2022, she molted again, and it was almost as bad as the other one. All the legs, the bum legs she had, there were three of them on her right side. She lost those legs. She was, again, bleeding out. I had to kind of hold on, hold on to her legs so she could pop them off and then put some cornstarch on the stumps. She grew back both pedipalps, which was great. But once again, she had a leg that was bum on the, a bum leg on the other side. Her mobility was severely limited. But once again, she was a fighter. She pushed through. She managed to eat. She grew. She was moving around a little bit better. It was fantastic to watch this little spider do what she was doing. And then July 2022, she molted again. She lost the remaining leg, the only leg that she had kept on her right side. That one ended up getting popped off again, so obviously there was something wrong there. But she grew in three little training wheel legs on that side. So she was still a little, had some difficulty moving because one side's legs were much, much shorter than the other side, and she was down a leg on the other side. And at that point, I actually figured it was time to give her a name, so we gave her the name Seven. And everybody in the house knows, again, to get a name in this house, uh, as everybody knows, is kind of a big deal because there's not a lot of spiders that have names. So, and she's one, sometimes I give them names and I still don't call them the names, but this one's seven, absolutely seven. So we're all rooting for seven. What's going to happen? My worry is she was about seven years old when this all started. So now she was pushing eight or nine. And I was wondering how many more of these molts could she take where she repairs herself because she's getting older. Well, the thing that put her on this list and cemented, she probably would have ended up on here anyway, but this one just cemented on December 28th. I went to check on her and she had molted again and every leg is back. She's got one little small one from the one that she had been missing with the last molt, but the other three are almost full size. She looks like a perfectly healthy, fully functioning spider. She has eaten twice already. She is now going to get a nice big 12 by 12 by 18 inches, 17 inches, whatever tall they are, exoterra nano that I've been holding back for her. 
I kind of promised her. I know she didn't hear it, but it was one of the things I told Billy. If this one makes it through, she is getting a beautiful enclosure. We, of course, are talking about my piece Letheria Formosa or Salem Ornamental 7. She is molted again. I figured there's no better way to end this one than on a really happy note. And she is looking great. Super mobile, eating great. I can't wait to do the final video on her featuring not only the last molt, not only a, sum, a summary of all the molts she's gone through and the issues she's gone through, but her finally getting that new home. I mean, talk about happy endings. And I got to be honest, guys, I know everyone like was posting on this video like, of course she's going to do well. You got to I was not fully convinced the spider was going to pull through. I struggled every time I put an update up because I knew people would take it as, yay, she's going to make it. But I didn't know how it would go. Each time she seemed, you know, the first molt was terrible. Second molt was pretty bad. But again, I think it was just fixing some of the structural damage that she took from the last molt. Third one, I saw some good signs. And this one, bam, we're there. So definitely spider of the year. My... Peace Letheria Formosa 7, absolutely love that spider, has become one of my favorites in my collection. The only sad thing is I'm realizing now, I mean, Peace Letheria species easily can live anywhere 10 to 12 years, but I worry about the amount of stress that she's gone through with this molt might limit it, but I will take any time I get with her. She will enjoy any remaining time she has with me in that brand new terrarium that I'm going to set up for Again, can't wait to get that video up. That's been one that's going to be, you know, going on a year and a half in the making. And to have it end in such a way is just, can't even tell you how awesome it is. So that was an easy pick for me. I was going to do Comeback Kid Award or something like that. But no, no, this is the spider of the year. This is the one that definitely deserves that honor. So that ends it for this award ceremony, so to speak. It's just me in a room talking about the spiders I like. But hopefully you guys dug it. Hopefully you guys got a kick out of it. Hopefully it's something we can bring back every, you know, January. Maybe it'll be the first podcast after the new year. I, For me, again, I just enjoyed putting it together. It was a lot of fun thinking of things this way. And it was a lot of fun knowing I had a backdoor to escape. If I chose a spider that I wanted to change later on, I'll change it next year. But Feel free to chime in with your list if you want to go through some of the awards and some of the ones you had, because I think it'd be neat to, for people to hear what other people have, especially when it comes to terms like Biggest Spider, Biggest Weber, you know, Pet Rock, whatever. Those are just fun stories to share. If you want to check out my YouTube page, I did just post up the rehousing update featuring my Ephibopus species. We rehoused three of them, so featured three of them, but I did show off my other Ephibopus, my Ephibopus Cyanognathus. So folks interested in seeing some of those, because again, they were on the Tiny Diamond Awards. They all up for it, so definitely need to check it out, but definitely check that out. As always, you can find me on Tom's Big Spiders Podcast.com, Tom's Big Spiders, the website, Tom's Big Spiders on YouTube. I'm going to call myself out here and say I did search for audience applause and like outro music for this, like it was a real awards thing, but I can only go too cringy and corny and the thought of it, it was like, no, nah, we're not going that far, too far on that one. So I was, as I'm doing this, I'm picturing, I'm hearing the music playing me out as I'm doing like the credits are rolling and everything. That'll do it for this one, guys. As always, stay safe. We'll catch you all next time.